I don't know how the Flash became the Flash, but uh, whatever that. He is. he gets struck by lightning and doused by chemicals at the same time, which okay, is so very maybe. scientific. That's how those things happen. and gals and welcome to another episode of XOXO Riverdale. I'm Louis Perlman. I'm Kate Batter. And we have been off for seven years, but we're back doing this uh this uh this podcast again. This is your favorite Riverdale podcast uh that is hosted by two grown ass adults and we're working our way through season five as it airs. Uh no no but really how long has the hiatus been now, Kate? Do you remember? <laughs> It's been several months. Um, Has it been since March, maybe? March or April. Uh-huh. Like, very, a very long time. It feels like a full season should be get beginning. Yes. The length of the break. That's not much like on Riverdale, seven days passes in an episode. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, you know... Partially, I feel like that time has gone by in the blink of an eye. And partially, I feel like it it really feels like an eternity since we've last chatted. Well, the previously on Riverdale, I really needed it. Oh, I really needed it. And I still am just kind of like, I don't know. I don't know what's happening on this show anymore. There was some stuff where I was like running through my head, like, I'm pretty sure I know what happened. And then there was the prison break. And I was like, oh, I don't I forgot <laughs> that. <laughs> if you want to tell us what happened in the previous half of the season of Riverdale, uh, we love our fans. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast. That's like the best thing you can do for us. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We are there posting new episodes whenever they come out. They usually come out on Mondays. Get a little bit of salty, salty adult comedian goodness <laughs> before you watch each episode on Wednesday. <laughs> I feel like our opinion of the show plummeted between the last episode and this one <laughs> i don't know i mean the last I, I, I we want to discuss some riverdale news and talk about very quickly how we're doing but i mean i will say that uh i i've had a pretty rough time with this show for the last few episodes and this was not a great way to come back personally yeah. for me <laughs> yeah, Louie texted me and said this is not a good episode, and I was going to watch live and then was like, I'd like to be able to pause it, so I'm going to watch this other show that I've been watching for 23 years. Yes. And it was, subsi I mean, 23 years in and they're still killing it compared to Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> so, first of all, any cool life updates since uh, we've been gone in April, just for people who follow our lives by listening to this podcast? follow our lives i'm back in new york i think i was in new york for the last episode i think you were in new york for the very last episode but that was it yeah yeah um and i got a job yes which is awesome and i just like go to baseball games like every day now it's yeah weird. kate's like a beautiful little baseball boy now which <laughs> i love really, I, it was a very aggressive turn in my life where like last year i was like you know what i'm gonna like, get back into baseball and it so so fast it just happened so hard yeah <laughs> in, 
it's like i mean falling into fucking meth with how hard i went so fast (laughs) (laughs) but instead meth is america's greatest pastime it's i mean there you go yeah (laughs) uh yeah like just just quickly for me i mean my big news is I got hired to write for a Sesame Street podcast, which rocks. Um, So I'm writing for a whole bunch of different Muppets, which is really fun. And that's going to start airing. It's called Foley and Friends. My episodes are going to start airing in the fall, we think. Uh, But I'll keep our fans engaged to let them know because our episodes are for three-year-olds and are way more coherent than the plots of Riverdale are right now. (laughs) (laughs) There's a really heavy overlap in the Sesame Street and Riverdale audience. There's huge. It's huge. It's, it's really, it's a, it's a, the Venn diagram is a circle. Yeah. Are you a Betty? Are you a Veronica? Are you an Abby Cadabby? The world needs to know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's been really fun. And then the other big news is uh, I was part of the Provincetown COVID surge. <laughs> And then uh, has since recovered, but it was, like, awful. And I just want to recommend all our listeners that just stay masked indoors for the next little while. Like, please don't befall the same fate as me. Uh, You know, the CDC changed their mask regulations because of what happened to me and my boyfriend in Provincetown and 800 other people. (laughs) So just be careful. Hmm? Were they checking vaccines or were they just like, nah, masks are gone? Some places were and some places weren't. And then it led to this like terrible okay. super spreader event within the va- vaccinated. So everybody yeah. just, just be careful. Um, that's all. Uh, I'm okay. I'm recovering. Luckily, there don't, don't seem to be any big long-term health effects, which is great. But it was really scary. And it's I, I wouldn't recommend getting COVID. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I mean, now the government, like, tracked you for a little bit. Like, you know they care about you more than most people. They do. They gave me calls. We we had some emails back and forth with the CDC. It made us feel very well cared for as we were quarantining in my boyfriend's apartment, just being like, what has happened? We have been so careful for the last year and a half. Why did – oh, no. Like, yeah. Anyway. That's all I want to say about that. I want to. Tried to watch Ted Lasso, so you know it worked out. Yeah, that's true. I watched Ted Lasso, and it is a show that I am doing a fan fan podcast about in my heart every day of my life. It's so great. Uh, Anyway, Riverdale news. Over the break, a few fun things have happened. We wanted to highlight. Yeah, we talked about some things uh, on Instagram, so you could just check that out instead of us covering it at length because it's not not a lot happened uh but the one thing that we did cover on instagram that i feel we do need to cover live is that kj abba will be a father soon yes which is so nice very Uh, nice very unexpected i do read dumois on instagram and there were a lot of blind items about this before it came out (laughs) (laughs) very interesting um yeah, I mean, the only thing that I, uh, the only father advice I want to give to KJ is he's not allowed to throw his baby around the way he flips his phone on his Instagrams when he's flipping his phone around and it's twirling around. He can't do that with his baby. It's not allowed. All yeah. cultural protective services. Yeah, I feel like he makes some weird health choices too, where I'm like, someone is relying on you a lot more. Like maybe, I yeah. don't know. 
Yep. Yeah, that's fair. Hopefully, I'm guessing he'll be a good dad. I mean, when I met him at 19 a few years ago at that Riverdale panel and had a quick chat with him, he exuded a wonderfully paternal demeanor. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, best of luck to him on his wonderful journey towards fatherhood. He did say, he has said in some interviews lately, I really want to start a family. So I am happy that he's doing what he wants to do. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, he has a pretty... Good. I, he has a relatively good head on his shoulders. Yeah, I think so. Uh, as far as people who get successful too quickly and get really at, rich at go. Very young age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Sue, so, should we get into the episode? I have one more piece of oh, news. Oh, please. Yes. That I did not cover, and I told you about this, but I did not share it on the Instagram. Archie and Jughead were in a sentence on in a spelling bee. <laughs> it was not scripts. It was like one of the lead up qualifiers that I was watching on ESPN in the middle of the day because I'm sporty. So I watched the spelling bee. Yes. <laughs> and the word was compotator. And uh, I forget exactly what the sentence is or what the word is, uh, like the definition. But when it was used in a sentence, it did involve Jughead. And I think maybe Archie, but I very specifically remember being like, if they do not know who Jughead is, that is another noun that is going to throw them for a loop. Yeah, absolutely. Can you please describe Jughead uh, before I spell this word? Was it something like Jughead said to Archie, oh, you're such a good competitor? And then it had to go off the air because that's it's too dirty. <laughs> yeah, I think competitor... It has to do with, like, drinking. I think it had a lot to do with milkshakes. Oh, mm-hmm. Something milkshake-related. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, milkshakes, I guess, are on the show. There's... Mm -hmm. I wish there were more burgers on the show. And I wish there was also... <laughs> this is a good segue. More fun diner food on the show that isn't laced with psychedelics. So... Yeah, which, by the way, not a surprise when that happened. <laughs> well, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Yes. So episode 87, Strange Bedfellows. Yes. Have you seen that movie? It's, it's a just, 1965 Rock Hudson. I, it's, I mean, it's really just an expression more than anything. But but the Rock Hudson film, is it related? I mean, um, so, a like, more than usual, it felt like... Um, I will say that I'm fairly certain I saw this in college, and everyone's big takeaway is that Rock Hudson was never good at playing straight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it was, like, two people got in a relationship really fast and then, like, tried to divorce. And then after, like, right before the divorce was finalized, they, like, rekindled their romance. So, I guess that's somewhat related to what's going on with Veronica. And it's more, like, it's, most of the movie titles have fucking nothing to do with what's happening, so. Yes, totally. So that's <laughs> the, the tangential relation. I mean, yeah. they're on, when they thought of this trope. It was season one, and now they're on episode 87, and yeah. that's hard. That's 87 different movies that you need to tie into episodes of your TV show. Yeah, That's Netflix very tricky. Clearly a movie, too, but yeah, Strange Bedfellows. It was cool just to flash back to it. Like, I think it would be cool if they branched out a little bit. Like, I loved when they named an episode after the comic series, The Wicked and the Divine, like, I think it'd be cool if they branched out and did, like, song titles and book titles. Like, they could kind of explore other media. They've done it here and there when they've been, like, really stuck. Yeah. But I think they could just, like, starting with, like, the next season, 
switch it over. Yeah, totally. This episode could have also been called <laughs> Detective Comics because there were like 70 DC Comics references specifically in this episode for no actual reason. There was one that I, like, way at the end of the episode, I was like, ah. But there was only one that felt that way. Yeah, I thought that was so strange. Like, I didn't quite understand what it had to do with the general episode or why they did it, other than it was just kind of distracting. <laughs> it felt like the CW was like, we want to do a crossover. And then everyone was like, mm, And they're like, okay, well, at least sort of mention each other. And, like, yeah. this is what they did. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. And And just on the comic book side of it, which is the only thing that I have any understanding of. Over the last few years, DC and Archie have done like a few crossovers that are like perfectly fun. Um, so to me, it's just kind of like, yeah, you could, you know, it might be a little more difficult to do that on TV, but it's not like totally unheard of for the characters to meet each other. Um, yeah, I feel yeah. like if they weren't going to really delve into the crossover with Sabrina, then why would they do like the Flash? It actually might be easier because they're on the same network, you know? Yeah, but just, like, they decided not to do magic, so, like, they're going to do... I don't know how the Flash became the Flash, but uh, whatever that. He is. he gets struck by lightning and doused by chemicals at the same time, which okay, is so very maybe... scientific. That's how those things happen. This one feels plausible, but I know that they're going to have some trouble with Supergirl. Yeah, totally, because she's an that alien. That one I'm fairly certain is not... She's yeah, an alien, right? Yeah, she's an alien, yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, now that they've done all these references, a big problem is, so are they fictional characters in, you know, this is like a real Louis thing to bring up. Are they, like, like does Supergirl land in, in Riverdale and does Archie say, oh my gosh, you're Supergirl, I read all your comic books. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, is it yeah. going to be like that weird thing in Logan where, like, they were reading x-men comics and that's yeah. how they found him like, yes be like, ah, yeah. yeah totally which is really odd yeah i i mean logan was from a quality standpoint eight billion times better than everything that happened in i uh, don't know which what you speak of uh uh this uh, i mean this episode was a wonderful return to this fabulous world and these these endearing characters um i'm i'm lying i thought this episode was real hard it was it was a rough one. Yeah, it was trying to do a lot and not doing any of it very interestingly. It was a lot of exposition. It felt kind of kind of poorly shot and paced as well. They did uh, bring the pandemic into the show and then immediately drop it. Well, yeah, I mean yeah, that's the beginning of of what I wrote down because that's like <laughs> one of the first lines is the school's yeah. trashed, and Alice says, "Well, back to remote learning." Betty, or no, is it Alice? I think it's Alice says that right, back Alice, back yeah. to remote learning. And it's like, thank you so much for acknowledging the reality that we've all had to face for the last year and a half and how like, hard it's been. Like what it felt, it felt like they were like, Oh, we got to mention it, I guess. But well, I mean, didn't have to. the thing is they didn't have to, the, the writing on this episode was, was not good. And was the acting. Yeah, that's yeah. None of it was really very good, and it, it just feels kind of like I know the pandemic's been really difficult on productions, um, and I'm very sympathetic to that. But you know, CW shows in general, I feel like they really collapse in quality after about the second or third season, and mm -hmm. I just wonder if like it's are they not paying their writers enough? Do people leave? Like, what exactly happens? Because to me, this show feels like it's very much out of ideas. 
And also it feels like it's thrown caution to the wind when it comes to just like staying true to its characters at all now. You know, like in the past, I'd, I've been like, I'm mad about Veronica's portrayal in this episode, for example, but the other characters are okay. This episode in particular, I'm like, oh, nobody's behaving in any way like like anything we've seen them do on the show previous. There's no when consistency. We get to, when we get to my crush list, it's going to be very telling about the rest of the episode. Totally. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, I wrote, first I wrote the remote learning thing, and then two things later I wrote this acting is rough. The one yes. thing I had in between was about the weird sound effects this whole episode. <laughs> Which was they had a wind chime when Veronica showed her uncut jam. <laughs> um, I didn't even notice that. That's so funny. They could have they could have called this episode Uncut Gems. Yes, they certainly could have. Like they really they really dropped the ball on that. It, it also seems like this whole season's like pretty inspired by Uncut Gems. So like Oh, it absolutely is. It's yeah. so it, they laid out her shop like the shop from Uncut Gems. Yeah, right? Can we get Sandler? No, we can't get Sandler. We'll just put Veronica there. It'll be fine. <laughs> like, I know the Safdie brothers, like, waited to get established so they can make this movie, like, with Adam Sandler. But, like, yes. we don't have that patience. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then also, like, speaking of the jam, so Smithers kinds of, kind of presents it to Veronica. Has Smithers been around? I can't remember. <laughs> I think he was, but this was, like, a lot of Smithers, and it revealed a little too much of his acting skill, which is not much. Yes. Up to this point, I'd really liked him, because he'd only ever said, like, a couple things at a time. Yes, Miss Lodge. (laughs) Right away, Miss Lodge. (laughs) I didn't know this is what we were going to get out of full sentences. Also, like, with Smithers... I thought something bad happened to him a few seasons ago that we've never really addressed. Like, didn't he get some of his fingers get cut off or some shit? I yeah. kind of remember that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's just, like that. he's, everything's fine with Smithers. He, it's not going to be brought up how traumatized he is or whatever. No, and you the- know, it, it seems to me like he's in one of those situations where someone gets like an au pair or housekeeper and then confiscates their passport. And now they're like forever indebted to that family. Oh my God. What a nightmare you bring up. That's amazing. And it's, <laughs> it's terrible. Never- they were never given like healthcare or the ability to like form savings. They can never retire and they rely on the sales for the rest of their life because they also have only had one employer and they can't get the recommendation to move on. Yup. 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 Indentured servitude. Like, it unfortunately feels like what's happening with Smithers. 100%. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> so then there's this gem and um, it's, uh, it's from Ethiopia. Right. It's like a blood gem, right? That was kind of my opinion about it. And and I know that there's different ways that gems are sourced and there's certain ways that are better for the environment and certain ways that aren't and blotty, blotty blue. But like saying it's from Ethiopia, like really calling that out, it certainly doesn't gain me any respect or admiration for Veronica here. I'm sorry. They really chose that country to be clear that they could exploit the workers. That's what it, it felt like. Been, yeah. It could have been from somewhere else. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I mean, I know that all all gems come from uh, Africa, you know, for the most part. That's many yeah. or many. Yeah, yeah. So that's an over. That that's that's an overstatement. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah, but I yeah, didn't love that at all. Nope. And then, um... <laughs> are you talking about Penelope run it, becoming a prosperity minister? <laughs> well, just before that, there's just the uh, the little. Um, press conference with the governor i just want to point out the wonderful line that 
the the convicts are still out there wreaking havoc and mayhem which i kind of loved uh i love that they went there and did that I yeah believe that scene is the one where i almost started to look at my phone and was like oh no this is gonna be very hard to keep my attention absolutely <laughs> like even taking notes i was like oh boy <laughs> and then and then veronica is depriving herself of archie's you know beautiful uh sexy skills because she hasn't um finalized the divorce yet because you know like like now um you know american psycho back in new york is is uh is like gaslighting her is that what's happening i forgot he existed until the previously on and it wasn't clear what his deal was i knew it was like icky but yeah he's basically like trying to put her in a bad position with her business with stuff that he knows that she doesn't want outed and and he's trying to hold on so that she won't divorce him because of that that's 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 the deal with that plot line if i remember correctly yeah (laughs) so yeah and and just uh i do feel bad for them but it is nice to see them behave like adults a little bit here yeah and now all i want to do is talk about penelope blossom's new ministry oh my god i have it i'm interested in christianity again because of this if uh, if penelope is there sure my first thought was it's a cult and then i was like oh no it's like a christian thing and then it and then she started it sounded like it was going to be like prosperity gospel yeah and then it just seemed to be like southern baptist yes um but it was very like uh fire and brimstone but then also like it had that vibe without being what she was saying at all totally yes 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 yes. uh agreed with all of that for sure and also just like i do think this is a fun thing to do with that character and with that actor Mm because it just lets her be super hammy and weird Uh, lover yeah but it it does feel like a little bit of a retread from the farm to me uh yeah um, despite the fact that, yeah, it's it's like firmly rooted in like the Christian tradition and not like yeah, because she did gain a Southern accent halfway through that. <laughs> she did. Now she's a Southern preacher. I also loved just from that scene. I loved um, <laughs> like how she's explaining everything, <laughs> and then it cuts to Nana Rose, and I feel like Nana Rose's reaction is like, "I hate all of this." I'm but not. But then she's like at the sermon well that's something that was really um you know incongruous with the way the characters were written it feels like they're setting up this nana rose and cheryl versus penelope dynamic and then by the end of the episode they're both like yeah we're into it now we're done <laughs> like, yeah and that's a shame that would be much more interesting if they if nana rose was like i don't like this it would be really interesting if they gave nana rose fucking anything to do i was really yes absolutely absolutely because that actor's fun when she does stuff the elder I, blossoms are a blast yeah the elder that is true i also was kind of hoping they were gonna like segue into penelope being a witch but no not allowed not allowed on riverdale the i mean she moves in and out of walls i know she moves in and out of walls that's right uh like a little ghost demon <laughs> but like i i really feel at this point in the show the best thing for riverdale and for our sanity would be if they <laughs> reveal some of the characters to be witches they say, they phase it in with the sabrina 
universe have some super, super, super fun episodes that are maybe about five or six, and then they self-cancel, and that's the end of the show. Uh, yeah, I feel like... <laughs> I was gonna say bringing magic would jump the shark, but they jumped the shark so long ago that like it would just be committing to the bit. Yeah, I feel like it's just like let's play in the sandbox for like five, six episodes, and then be like, okay, we're all going back on our spaceship and going back to our home planet. It's the like end. the last episode of Roseanne where they were like, Dan's actually been dead, and you're like, what? Totally. And then it just, like, ended. totally. <laughs> or you know, at the end of the episode, like. Veronica gets hit on the head and then she wakes up next to Bob Newhart and that's oh the end of, God. yeah. <laughs> and know, that's I, the end of the series. I bet Bob Newhart would do it. I bet Bob Newhart would absolutely do it. He is a prince among men. I, an elderly I prince. I Bob Newhart written down right now. I'm like, oh no. Totally. Totally. Anyway, Benny's still hunting this ghost trucker. Right, she's eating smart pop. Oh, I didn't notice that. Great little. I feel like there's been a lot of snack food endorsements this time around on yeah, the show. There's a lot of Doritos last season. The Doritos right? was so fun. I love the Doritos yeah. when they were holding them up in front of the camera and being like, "What do you think about this, Hiram?" Yum 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 yum. Yeah. <laughs> she was eating. She was very clearly eating Smart Pop. Yeah, and nice. She got a call from Tabitha, and then it was like, Tabitha who? And I was like, how many Tabithas do you know? Yeah, like she has met Tabitha on the show. They're like friends yeah they're friendly Tabitha's probably in her phone <laughs> i would hope so <laughs> and then like <laughs> tabitha like makes a little excuse for why jughead is missing instead of tabitha being like i feel very like this is never addressed because they are not they're not being responsible i really wanted tabitha at some point in this episode to be like I feel really guilty that I handcuffed someone on psychedelics and left them alone. And uh, I feel terrible about it now. And it's nothing anyone should ever do. I would really like that if that was in this episode, but it's not. There's you know, a lot what I mean? of things in this episode that really could have cut more than half the episode out if they had just, like, been responsible humans. Totally. <laughs> like, not just, like, I mean, it would have been more responsible for her to, like, keep an eye on Jughead, but even just to be like, hey, he was on a bad trip and I she didn't even just say to Betty that she handcuffed her just like he was on a bad trip and I lost track of him <laughs> that's all she had to do but that's right missing something's happened totally I think that you need like it is you could have just like yeah just be communicative and tell her I mean also we'll get to it when we get to it but I just want to lay down the pipes by saying uh this episode just really doubles down on the uh the way this this series is treating psychedelic drugs and boy is it disgusting and irresponsible and very old-fashioned for where we're at with kind of how society's feeling about like psychedelics at this point so how gross yeah. is that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah we have uh all i wrote was zaddy so i guess at this point tom comes in at some point Don't yeah yeah it. yeah tom keller comes in because well, you know, there's these robberies before that because there's this crime spree going on. So first Tabitha stops a robbery at Pops. Uh -huh. And then the... <laughs> I always call them this and it's not their name. Are you going to say the Fratellis? I was going to say... I was going to say the McPoyles. <laughs> I always think it's the, <laughs> the McPoyles, but that's from Always Sunny. <laughs> right. Zaddy comes in before they break in. Yes. Um, but I did 
and then I should say Fratelli was from the Goonies. That's yes, that's right. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but the answer they did later on, I went back and wrote when they said it, it was Dickinson because yeah, that d- was like a whole thing yeah, because with their name. Charles Dickens and the characters right, and like the Dodger. Dodger and stuff. Yeah, but, totally. Uh, <laughs> but Fratelli's or McPoyles is like way more fun. <laughs> yeah, way more fun. So then like there's this robbery and they run out and then Veronica has a classic, classic line. She says, what the hell just happened? And then it cuts to the title screen. <laughs> and you know what just happened? She was robbed by Dodger. Like, it was not. Yes, but truer words were never spoken. Truer yeah. words were never spoken. So then Archie decides to go after the prisoners. Yes. Well, so Hiram and the governor set, like, a bounty for the prisoners that they let out. Um and Archie's like, wow, this is a great way to get money to fix the school. Okay. Um, and so we have, I mean, every, I, at this point, I wrote every scene in Hiram's office is iconic. And then later in the episode, I absolutely take that back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, then, then the next things I wrote was like, this is definitely slave labor. I can't wait for fall fashion. <laughs> like, yes. Yes. <laughs> nothing of value <laughs> so so then uh, i think the mo- next thing of note i want to bring up is the scene where veronica asks reggie for help okay <laughs> and, and reggie's like i'm one of the bad guys now it pays better and veronica's like reggie we're i'm gonna have words with you about this and then like literally the line after reggie's like but i'll help you <laughs> so it's just all like completely inconsequential yeah <laughs> that there that this scene exists and then, you know, then then there's the scene with Tabitha. It's, it's, it's Tabitha explaining that, like, uh, I think this is once, don't they, at this point, isn't um, the girlfriend in the, in the thing, the ex-girlfriend, what's her face? Jess, I don't think she's there yet. Okay, no, they're just talking about it. And, like, first of all, psychedelics are helping Jughead write. Uh, and just, yo, I'm going to lay it down on the line. No one takes, like, psychedelic mushrooms and then sits at their computer and writes a manuscript. What they might do is take psychedelic mushrooms, have an experience that helps them gain some insight, maybe write some stuff in a notebook, for sure, uh, and then write later, once they've got some stuff down on paper. Like, your brain, that's not how your brain functions. You're not going to sit down. It's not like... It's not like Adderall. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, and then, and she still doesn't offer any sort of explanation for handcuffing him to the table. Well, he no. needs to get some writing done. It's like the actor with almost. With one hand? <laughs> yeah, with one hand. That's right, because he's handcuffed. So now he's typing with one hand. Like, that's horrible. Like, yeah. like that actor, I thought, felt embarrassed to have to say those lines. Sleep, to be in this show sleepwalking through them absolutely absolutely um, so we have this scene and and so they arrest one of the bad guys i forget how who cares uh it's it's they smash him over the tabitha smashes him over the head and then he's in the tabitha smashes and then okay. he's in the he's in the uh the, the hospital bed right i remember him getting smashed but i was like i don't fucking know by who um <laughs> but she, they're in the hospital and tom is like hey who what are you doing here to um the other dickinson lady 
and then she smashes him with like a bedpan or something and it was the grossest noise <laughs> yeah, it was another bad sound effect do you remember that episode? It was referred to in this episode with the giant army guy who had the big fight with Archie and smashed him around. Yeah. I feel like this is the same aesthetic of unpleasantness. It took, it took the flashback to that scene for me to be like, oh, that's who this is. <laughs> well, yeah, totally. <laughs> he was just some dude. Like, I don't know. Yes. I don't know. And then, and they- then our poor baby, Tom Keller, got beat up. Our favorite man. Our zaddy, yeah. Uh-huh, Yeah. And then Jughead's somewhere weird, and where he's not is the tuna fish warehouse down by the docks. No, where he is, though, is he's, like, somewhere where there's these, like, mean businessmen that run around, like, terrorizing homeless people. Yeah, they're, like, doing, like, dumb tricks you would do on, like, a kid, but you wouldn't hit a kid, but... I don't know. It feels like these people would hit a kid. Absolutely. It was weird. Yeah. And it was, it was revealed to be Sketch Alley, which is like five minutes from his house. That's right. We've learned that before. Yeah. Yeah. That Sketch Alley isn't that far away. Also, like, I like that it's called Sketch Alley. I don't know if this is intentional or not, but it reminds me of at a lot of comic book conventions, there's Artists Alley where they do uh-huh. sketches. And I feel like it's wonder if it's, huh? Well, of course like it's, it's Skid Row. Skid Row, Crime Alley, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. But Sketch Alley, I like the combo of those things, you know? Anyway. It doesn't feel like they're clever enough to do that on purpose. Agree! Like <laughs> so, uh, they go to the tuna fish warehouse down by the dock to try and deal back the opal. And they're like, imme- Archie's like, we're not going to bring guns. And then they get there and the bad guys are like... Immediately. They're like, we have guns. Like, yeah, why such a bad idea (laughs) like what they were like not even like oh we're gonna take you down they were just like confused yeah they were like okay guys you're coming with us and they were like no we're not what what and then then, like reggie stops them (laughs) with a gun with a gun and also it took me until veronica shoot like showed up for me be like oh i thought reggie was just like hanging out the warehouse with those guys yeah totally and then it turns out like he and veronica were both like we got to check out the tuna warehouse yeah totally (laughs) yes i I, I, this is just like i i wonder if it's just a joke at this point on the show that archie's just like the worst vigilante of all time like, he's just, like, bumbling, like, bad at whenever he tries to do anything like this. Yeah, and then they're asking why Veronica's there, and she's like, well, you know, my buyer's going to be looking for this opal. I don't know what to tell him. And I'm like, you could just tell him that you were robbed. Yes. <laughs> just tell him what happened. I yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah like, you might not need to get it back for him. Like, this is a big problem. You were robbed at gunpoint. That's yeah, a big issue. Yeah, response might be, oh, are you okay? And then if you're like, yeah, it'll be like, okay, we'll work this out. But like... Yeah. Like... Not... Not... Like, I'm sure he's disappointed. And like, he may be like a bad person who's in it for blood opals. But um, it just feels like I was robbed at gunpoint. I have a police report. Yes. <laughs> it's pretty... I mean, I didn't watch this piano, so maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> and then they decide to have Jessica come up and visit them to help look for Jughead. Because yeah. Betty is quote-unquote curious to meet her. And it's like, okay, let's drive this plot along. 
Yeah. <laughs> we do find <laughs> Jughead. So at this point, like Jughead wakes up after being beaten up and he's with some guy that he was like mean to once, I guess. And they presented it like we were supposed to remember this happening, but I don't remember it happening at all. Um, well, yeah, it was Jughead. Like they cut back to Jughead doing a whole bunch of um, exposition about this Doc character. Yeah, and I was like, okay, I kind I, of remember that vaguely. Like, I wrote like he could have just left the first night, like the very like he didn't need to spend even an hour where he like he knew where he was and he like stayed to get beaten up and like catch an infection and like yes. Like, I like you could just like they're not even like it's not even dangerous for you to leave. Like they want you to leave. Like yes, that is correct. But now, but now he's in a bad way, but looking real cute. Right. Well, he's just there to waste their resources now. Yes, that's right. Like they're basically like, they feed, like li- like they're bringing him antibiotics like through the black market or whatever, or, like through barter and stuff, and he's like. Mr. Like rich New York writer writer boy. (laughs) I'm sure there's an urgent care he could have just walked to. Absolutely, like this dude doesn't have like uh you know freelance healthcare. I'm sure he does. You know, even if he doesn't, he's still in a better situation to go deal with. Absolutely, I I do. They're starving, but they're giving him the soup, and I'm like, man, they they need that soup. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They're 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 the ones who are quite destitute uh i do want to point out the really the only dc comics reference i enjoyed from this episode and that's that they put jughead in a superman shirt Mm -hmm. and the only reason why i think that's super fun is because jughead traditionally wears an s shirt yeah so that was fun that was the one i was talking about the beginning of the episode i was like it kind of makes more sense yeah sure Uh, you know like that was really and i will say my first thought was what a stupid shirt and then, like, a little bit later, I was like, oh, you know what? <laughs> I wish it was kind of weird because it was almost looked, like, jersey-ish or sweatery-ish. And I wish they just put him in, like, a classic blue, you know? <laughs> like, they could have just got, like, a t-shirt for, like, ten bucks. That's, that's what I meant. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. Anywho. <laughs> and so, then there's Jessica. Right. She's very thorough. And I was like, she's. I guess just looking for drugs to do. and then That's what I was thinking, was looking, too. She was looking for the manuscript, which, like, she later explained her reasoning, but it was not that. It, God, she used to read that whole thing. I would just ask for the file so you can control F yourself. But, I mean, sure. I am making sense. And also, too, I feel like... Um, uh, this whole like sequence with them bopping around from place to place was like very tedious and not yeah. that interesting. Yeah, not at all, not at all. And then there's this scene that is somewhat fun and but feels very tonal, like a tonal shift. But I enjoyed with Cheryl and Penelope, mm-hmm. where the two of them it sort of goes into the realm of sounding somewhat strangely Shakespearean, and I like that. You know, like. Cheryl's saying to her mother, "Oh, mother, we are but worm. We are we are but worm food at best." And then she says later, "There is nothing eternal, just the cruelty of mothers." Um, I love those lines. I thought that was so 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 fun. And and it's like, I don't know though. It's so strange to see them relate to each other that way with the rest of the show being what it is. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But like, I did enjoy this scene kind of in its own bubble. 
Yeah, Cheryl's very depressed. Yes, Cheryl needs some therapy. Cheryl needs help. Absolutely. But Cheryl, it's Cheryl's turn. So then, you know, they these criminals have dragged Sheriff Keller into their into their yeah. nefarious schemes. So Ted, who is the guy who beat up Archie in the bathroom yes. with the yes. Dickinson, and I wrote Tom is very incidental to this Hiram and Governor situation. Yes, absolutely. Like, they, like there's no I guess like they wanted to stop him because like he's the cop, but like they really line him up like he's part of the rest of this. Yes. Like this whatever plutonium is not plutonium. Palladium, is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, palladium. It's which is real. Um, but it's he, he has nothing to do with this. Like and I think they know he has nothing to do with that. I don't know why he's like really wrapped up in their heads. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it just feels like it ups the stakes but in a way that isn't entirely logical yeah and you know i don't like seeing tom keller in peril because i'm quite the fan of the character so we all are yeah yes uh not into um, it then it became that's this this is the scene where it became very clear that jessica had laced the food with psychedelics wait. I do want to say you jumped really quick the scene in Hiram's office that turned me off of Hiram's office. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Which is where they go to find the Palladium is in a safe behind the picture of him. And they say he, like, really is Lex Luthor. And I'm like, I don't know. That doesn't feel like (laughs) right. Agreed. It felt Um, very heavy-handed. And also, like, they had been shooting the scenes in his office, like, really artistically. And then this was just, like, we can't hire another cameraman. Just like put it on a tripod and hope for the best. <laughs> just this whole like it was such. It was disappointing to see not fun in Hiram's office. Yes, it after how much fun it had been. Yes, and then there was oh my god that line where Fangs looks at Archie. He's like, "Do you ski, till, still keep those tools in your truck?" And Archie's like, "Yeah, I do." <laughs> <laughs> it was the weirdest delivery I've ever seen from KJ Apple. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I did skip ahead a little bit because, oh, yeah, because like now, now they they decide they're all gonna trip together and and they're like, no, we're not, we're not doing that, like you know. Uh, <laughs> and then there's this plan where immediately I just wanna just wanna bring this up. There's this plan where Archie is immediately like, we're gonna drop it like Batman. <laughs> Like, there's a skylight that I put paper over. Yes, that's right. So we can drop in like Batman. Like in this episode of Geek Dweeb or Spaz, Archie is a Spaz for sure. All fucking three. Yeah, um, that's fair. I wrote this is whack, and I don't remember what I was responding to because the whole thing. Um, uh, probably Cheryl opening the, Jason's well, yeah, the next casket. Thing I what's in the trunk is it jason yes it's jason <laughs> and then we see like this like of course it's been seven years past eight eight nine years at this point past jason's death so mm-hmm. he is like decaying into a skeleton right well last we saw him he was t- taxidermy <laughs> that's correct now he has decayed into a skeleton which is a wonderful analogy for this show and then a beautiful cardinal comes in that was weird, right? <laughs> yeah. And it goes nowhere. Just yeah, the cardinal up. doesn't lead to anything in this episode. So we have this this next scene in the diner. Oof, this was all very rough. It was all really rough. The the voicemail Betty played 
was from two years ago. Yeah. Jughead said, I should have seen this seven years ago, which means he should have seen this in Betty when they were like 12. Or yeah, let's say 15. Let's just, yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it's, it's because it's because the writers don't understand their own timeline. Like we know that they were like, they were like, we're seven years later now, but forgot that like, yes, that voicemail were two years ago would have been five. Exactly. (laughs) It's elementary math for sure. Yep. And also just like it, they, the, the other women sort of treat Betty after they hear the voicemail, like this is somehow Betty's fault. When I feel like Jughead this season, as much as I love him, is portrayed as being somewhat toxic to all the women. And like yeah. somewhat, you know, he doesn't have his shit together and can be like mildly abusive, right? So well, in my brain, I was just like, yeah, this is just Jughead being very like misbehaved, which is his deal, you know? I thought that Betty played it to like exonerate herself. Like she came, like, this is where so Jess says she wants to read the manuscript because she wants to see if she was trashed like Betty was. Sure. And- like I was portrayed really poorly listening to this voicemail. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I just thought the whole thing was, it was it didn't make total it sense nothing. for me. Yeah. It was we were just waiting for the maple mushrooms to kick in. Totally. So that yeah. we could have a musical number. Yes, yes. And and the only other thing I want to say about the scene before we get to like the psychedelic part of the episode is just that like they almost wrote it like it's three women who have been mistreated by the same person coming together and sort of forming like some sort of support or survivors group. And yeah. then they veered off into another tangent. And what a shame. They could have done that properly. But this oh one, well. They could have done, done cell block tango and instead they did walking in space from hair. Yes. No, no one asked for this. No one. <laughs> walking in space from hair. Not as, not an, not a uh, a musical number from hair that anyone remembers fondly or cares about. No, and it opens like I they chose hair because like they're on this drug trip, but it opens with um, Penelope, right? Like what? Yes, that's correct. Very, very bad. Very bad. It transitions into the fight, so they do in fact drop down through the ceiling. But then also they sort of use the up-tempo part of the hair song yeah. to make it seem kind of like a Batman fight. Yeah. And I hated all of it. I hated all of it. <laughs> they really tried to lean into like 1960s Batman and did not lean. They leaned too much. They fell into it. They <laughs> like, totally. Way too hard. They just crashed through the wall. Um, and then there's this like weird moment in it where it seems like Fangs and Kevin are going to kiss and it's very brief. And I'm like, I would like them back together, but not this way. That's correct. <laughs> um, I, I wrote like, cute. Uh, <laughs> and then there's, we see that Jason, we see Jason and all I wrote was good for this actor. Me too. I was like, it's so nice. They're still giving this guy work. Yeah, I think it's great. He doesn't need to memorize lines. He's been showing up for five years without even memorizing a line. Yeah, he's just standing there. Perfect. I know. It's great. And then the whole thing. He's making these residuals for nothing? Oh, man. There also was a sequence in the bunker. Uh, So just two things about that psychedelic sequence. I just wanted to ask if you noticed. Uh Thing number one is I thought it cut at one point and they were hanging out in Betty's room. 
but maybe I'm wrong about that. But it seemed kind of odd. It felt like there was a different background than it had been in the rest of the sequence. I feel like I didn't notice that was Betty's room, but they did go somewhere. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So they jumped somewhere. And then the other thing too is I really hated the part where they were playing with that electric purple ball. I hated that. It made me so mad. It's so reductive and rude for people that like, this is, I said this the last time, but I'm just going to say it again. There are so many studies being done right now when it comes to uh, use of psychedelics with veterans that have experienced PTSD, people who are uh, near death uh, for, you know, palliative care, stuff that's like really important to the way our society works. And it turns out that like psychedelic mushrooms and other types of psychedelics are helping people get through incredibly difficult stages in their lives and are healing them. And here's fucking Riverdale and Betty's playing with a fucking electric ball. Like it just feels so poor, so backwards thought out uh with for for a show in 2021 it feels like really rude to me and it, it, and it's very reductive for like this whole segment of the population that like they're doing you know important work when it comes to these substances yeah it sorry the field of dreams thing is weird um they do then the fight sequence ends with another insane sound effect and We're archie all- doing the stupid jump punch right, that I I wrote a, a jumping like punch with like slap sound effect but i did write chef's kiss because it was a little bit fun sure <laughs> so. uh, <laughs> and then uh we get to um <laughs> I feel like the next important thing to address is just, like, completely unsurprisingly, Hiram is not sharing the Palladium with Governor Dooley and threatens to kill him after, right. you know, For, like, no clear incident. reason. Just yeah. other than him being, like, the bad guy. Yeah, that Hiram's a thug. Then we have Jughead realizing that something bad happened to him in New York, but he doesn't remember what it is. Yeah. He's blocked it, and he needs to go back to New York to find it so like yeah this is a dude dealing with his trauma i respect that maybe he could you know help with his trauma by taking psychedelic mushrooms in like a safe environment for everybody right or he could get into a murder truck yes or he could get into a scary yeah murder truck uh but it's good because he was trying to walk to new york and his feet would have fallen off so or he would have been fine because it's either a mile or Eight million miles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It did say at one point NYC six miles, which like is just like okay, so that's where he is. Cool. So he was in actually like actual Riverdale. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was in Riverdale in the Bronx. Yeah. Exactly. I was telling a new friend today that I had a Riverdale podcast, and for a second he was like, "Wow, are you such a big fan of the neighborhood?" <laughs> And he was like, oh, that show. And I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> the other thing I just want to address with this scene is that Jughead's like, I'm so sorry, Doc, about what happened to you. And I stood by and watched. And Doc is, like, very overly nice about it. He's like, it's okay. You were just a kid. And it's like, whoa, you have no anger about getting the shit kicked out of you? Like, yeah. And almost dying? <laughs> very... So that's the episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
and who's on your po- who's on your power list? Yeah, so that's the end of the episode. Just you know, we breezed through it this week, but it's because we really only want to address the stuff we thought was important for our listeners. <laughs> so my power. Is- <laughs> that's how, that's what was important. The end. Yep. So my power list is Hiram, Dodger, and Reggie. Okay. So mine is Vegas. Um, yeah, sure. And then I wrote all with question marks, just Cheryl prisoners. <laughs> no one did anything, actually. Totally. <laughs> Who's on your crush list? So, I mean, Zaddy, Tom, sure. Penelope. And yeah. then the third is what I feel is the most telling about this episode, which is Hiram. Oh, controversial. I love it. You you took Crushless more seriously than I did this time around. Who'd you put? Okay, so number one is Cheryl for her crazy boob outfit she had uh-huh. on. And then number two, and, you know, is just the uh, 2009 uh, Shakespeare in the Park slash Broadway public theater uh, revival cast of Hair. Mm-hmm. with Jonathan Groff in it. Great. Just how wonderful. It was a wonderful yeah. production. I went up on stage and danced, had such a moving time. It got me very interested in 1960s history. Wonderful production. Just wanted to shout it out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, marvelous. If you could listen to the cast album, please do it. Just please. <laughs> the cast of Hair, 2009. And last but not least, The Purple Light. <laughs> Great. Yep, the purple electric light. Had a big crush on that light this week. Yep. So next week. What's Citizen Lodge. Citizen Lodge. So, uh, so clearly a reference to the, uh, to the trauma film Citizen Toxie. From, yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely not Citizen Kane because yeah. if you have seen Citizen Kane, you know that like not a lot happens. It's just shot in a way that's not that interesting now, but at the time was very good. Oh, I love Citizen Kane. I think it's a lovely film. I think it's so I think interesting. It's fun, but it's very, I mean, if you're not like aware of like the context, it's not as important as people say it is. That's fair. That's fair. Totally. <laughs> so it's, um, <laughs> it looks to be a flashback episode to explain to us how Lodge became a thug, uh, how right. Hiram became a thug. And it is ballsy doing a gap that lasted for the entirety of the life of, you know, several, like, relationships and and jobs that people have had. This, like, Mm -hmm. long gap. Doing an episode to catch us all back up and then doing a flashback episode right fucking after that. It's really wild. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes for all of us. But I do love a good format change. So I am okay with that happening, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's the episode. If you like this podcast, as we said, like and subscribe to it, you know, please. You can follow us on all social media. We love you. We're happy to be back. Uh, <laughs> anything else to close off uh, our summation of this this episode? Nope. All right. Well, for XOXO Riverdale, I'm Louie Perlman. I'm Kate Batter. Bye. Bye.